1: Monday night, W E E I. Kyrie Thompson in the house. Of course, W E E I. dot com. First in Foxborough podcast, mm-hmm. just taking the uh, nation by storm. Oh yeah, um, you guys have a whole like dot com like podcast uh, army going on between you and Fitzy and Andy Hart. You guys do a great job. Good gracious, it's a I lot, think, I mean, lot it, of football content.
0: over It, there. it really is a lot. Um, and by the way, for, for those of you who want to hear a little bit of Dietrich Wise Jr. talking about leadership and uh just generally having, having a little bit of a chat with me, you should check out the latest episode of First in Fox. Look
1: at you, how about that?
0: Yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. I like him. He really got a kind great of, year, yeah, emerging and kind of finding his voice as a captain. Leadership was a big topic around. Gillette today. They were talking about Juwan Bentley. Um, a lot of questions asked about him and then, you know, discussions about Devin McCourty and such. But yeah, really interesting to hear from Captain Dietrich Wise Jr. today.
1: Uh, and a fellow captain, Matthew Slater, last night on this show, waxing poetic on Devin McCourty. You can check that out on demand. Devin McCourty going to make his 200 start on Thursday night. We'll get to the running game and the offense coming up. Bill and Malden wanted to weigh in on the Mac Jones coming out party. It says Thursday, Bill. Is it Last Thursday or this Thursday against the Bills? What's this, going on, buddy? This Thursday. Okay. This Thursday, oh. This Thursday. all you your shot. I, just on Wise, I mean, it is – he is a leader, and, you know, he was the Burton Award winner, wasn't he, this year? I mean, this guy This guy has sure. – you know, we could have used him uh, a little bit more on uh, Thursday night last week because that, that's where we lost the game with uh, not getting it done defensively, but, yes – Ramondre, I mean, the, Bill Belichick says he loves the guy, mm-hmm. loves the guy. So I'm looking for a big game out of him, and Mac, this is going to be his coming out party. I mean, yeah, they got shut down those last couple games last year. We're going to be all pumped up and ready to go, and uh, he's going to have a big game and they're going to take buffalo down that's my prediction bill uh, early prediction of the week appreciate the phone call we got a lot of shows to do before we get to thursday but you're calling your shot uh early in this one i
0: love it i love it i mean i don't know that i'm going to pick it but i love i love the confidence in calling the shot there and and also uh to to bill's point yes indeed Dietrich Wise junior is Good call, bill. the uh, most recent winner of the ron burton community service award he was actually uh, gifted that award uh, back in September before the season started. It's so a great call.
1: Uh, you emailed today. You would do a great job emailing back and forth and things you want to talk about on the show. It makes it go uh, a, a much better hour when the, the yeah. guest comes in and has an idea of what he wants to talk about versus somebody who shows up and goes, what are we talking about tonight? Um, and you just emailed. They can't run the ball anymore. Yeah. Explain yourself. They have a stud running back in Andre Stevenson. What do you mean they can't run the ball anymore? I mean some of it you could
0: probably point to David Andrews because look I mean David Andrews not being in there and James Farr- which give James Farron some credit because he handled his business better than he had in in the previous couple of weeks without David Andrews but not having your your steadiest offensive lineman arguably your most physical presence out there Yeah, I know Trent Brown is 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 in there but David Andrews is probably your, your toughest most reliable guy that's big but I also think that, again, there's there's an element of predictability to this, right? It's like for the most part, when you go under center, you know the ball's probably getting handed off. Though they were mixing in some under center play action, which is which is good stuff. But yeah, I I think that some of it is, and some of it could also be. Look, Ramondre Stevenson's been getting a ton of work, and you wonder what condition he's in right now. I mean, it, it seemed like he came into this year. Um, You know, in in much better shape. You know, he talked about carrying his weight better and all that. So I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, is like out of shape or something. But, I mean, the guy has been taking a lot of hits. Yeah. And the other thing is that even before last week, Ramondre Stevenson gets met in the backfield a lot. And he he has to create a lot, you know, behind the line or at the line of scrimmage. And that's a lot to ask a dude to do consistently. So I think that just generally – I mean, they they've got to block things up a little bit better. I saw them mixing in a little bit of outside zone and getting a couple of cutback lanes, where they were blocking it better than they did earlier in, in the season and certainly in training camp. But I mean, you you look for example, right? You you talk about some of the the red zone struggles, right? We keep yeah. talking about the red zone and we keep talking about Mac Jones and the passing offense. They had, I believe, negative three rushing yards in the red zone against Minnesota last Thursday. You you cannot have that if if you want to score. Like yeah, I get it. Mac Jones make a play and, and and all that good stuff. But when you when you can't run the ball, when you continually have these execution issues cropping up in the red zone, which, which running the ball is supposed to be your bread and butter. And if you can't do that, then you're you're even
1: more one dimensional. On Ramondre specifically, right? With Damian Harris not going to play Thursday. The the idea out there is that. He's going to see all sorts of work, right? If you look at the Vegas yeah. uh, betting line, it opened up at sixty and a half rushing yards, the over/under, and it's been bet way up. It's like sixty; it's already got up two or three yards in terms of the total of it. Do you think Bill really wants to to force feed thirty touches for Ramondre? I, I asked that because he always likes to have a couple other backs they mix in. And then when he ref when he compared him the other day to James White, I thought is that a sign he doesn't believe Ramondre is a three down back? So we've talked about being a legit three down back. Whereas James White was not that here. He was the, the specialist. So how do you envision them using him against Buffalo? We'll get to the offense here and Kurt Warner in a second. But Thursday night specifically, Ramondre is really good. No Damian Harris to spell him. What does that rotation look like? Or is it as simple as, hey, Ramondre, big spot, divisional game, it's on you tonight? I mean,
0: it's possible that if he's got if he's got a hot hand and he's running the ball really well, then yeah, maybe they will um Ride him that way, but I would say I, I didn't view the comments quite that way when he's being compared to James White. I think he's being compared to James White in terms of specifically what he's been doing in the passing game and the way that he has evolved. Oh, he's because, been a screenplay be, was great the other day, yeah, because last year he wasn't ready to take on this kind of role in the passing game. He was a guy that you brought in as a change of pace runner, his vision, the contact balance, the power, you know, the quickness, all that good stuff. But I mean, I remember back in training camp or Ivan Fears. And, and Josh McDaniels just lighting this dude on fire for for not pass protecting well enough and not doing what he's supposed to be doing on passing downs, which was a sign to me that they believed he could do it. But my goodness, they were giving him the business. And this year, you're, you're seeing him just with some really high-level pass pro reps. He He saved a sack of Mac Jones at one point because... I mean, the, the Vikings sent too many people uh, on on one. It was the one where Mac kind of scrambles out to the right, and it ends up being a broken play that doesn't go anywhere. But Jones probably gets sacked on that play if not for Ramondre Stevenson realizing, okay, nobody's in front of me. Let me get my eyes around to the backside. Oh man, there's a guy coming free. Let me and he go ahead over. And, yeah, yeah, yeah save Mac. Get, get, get over get the that play. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So that was a heck of a play by him. And then his development as a receiver, I feel like could go further if you had a team that was a little bit better about finding him more ways to, to get him the ball. I mean, right now it's like, okay, there's there's some swing swing routes and there are, you know, some angle routes on occasion they did against the Jets and screens. I feel like you could arguably do more with him. But in terms of the rotation...
1: Yeah, this, this is Thursday, wh- no Damian Harris. How do you think it works out? Because they, they have two rookies and I guess they can recall J.J. Taylor as yeah, another guy. Yeah, and,
0: and, and I feel like probably what you're going to have is... I wouldn't be surprised to see Kevin Harris get that role, which is that's what happened earlier in the season. Like the first game that Damian Harris missed where it ended up being, okay, Ramondre is your number one guy. And then Kevin Harris is a little bit more of a, you know, tough guy, bowling ball can, you know, take some punishment between the tackles. I don't know that we're going to see much more of of JJ. I could be wrong. I mean, it would be interesting, but I I feel like that was, that's a kind of thing where it's like a matchup specific sort of deal I feel like if they're going to get physical between the tackles and they're going to pound it out the way that I think they're going to do, then it's going to be more of a it's going to be more of a Kevin Harris kind of game.
1: We'll get to the defense coming up to Josh Allen, how they defend Josh Allen in this game on Thursday. But uh, you were going through the what, uh, extensively long uh, Kurt <laughs> Warner podcast today. You sent me a link. I watched some of it and thought, well, I cannot sit down for an hour and watch this. But there was a a part of that towards the end. Yeah. You thought stood out, and Kurt Warner is, you know, does the NFL network. He joins Phil Perry a bunch over at NBC Sports Boston. Obviously, knows quarterbacking is a Hall of Famer. What stood out to you? What did you want to play from that that you thought ties into what you're seeing with this Patriot team? I think what
0: really, watching most of it, not quite all of it, but most of it, I almost left that video feeling worse about the Patriots really? offense, For, like from, from the offense in particular, and almost better about Mac Jones because I feel like he played over a lot of stuff and, and he, he's, he's making more out of not a whole lot than, than perhaps he's been getting credit for because a lot of these issues that we've been harping on from a play design perspective, a play calling perspective, and an execution perspective are still happening. They've been happening all season long. And in particular, what really interested me is the fact that he's like, look, they're not creative. Offensively, That doesn't necessarily have to be a problem, which maybe we could talk about a little bit more in depth on the other side of this, but the the fact that they're not getting the details down, that's what he kept harping on.
1: Here was Kurt Warner on his podcast, Breaking Down the Patriots. This is for an hour, by the way. Here was his yeah, real sort of end point on what he thought we saw from the Patriots offense on Thursday.
0: You want to be simple with your offense? You better be really, really good at what you do and the details. Details as a quarterback, technique. Throwing the football, getting the ball out on time, knowing where your eyes should be and what you're seeing, and then the details of creating the right kind of spacing, getting to positions quickly to allow your quarterback to make reads and get the ball out on time uh, and giving him opportunities to do that. You see right there, this is my problem with where the Patriots are overall. Yes, I'd like to see more concepts and more creativity overall, but if this is just what you're going to do and you're going to be a simplistic offense that runs the same concepts over and over again, get good at them get the details down and and that that's it that's it look i think we have what a
1: shot of patricia simple i mean yes. basically let's say bland boring simple well, well, simple math <laughs> well, well 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 here here's the thing right the the simplicity is
0: one part of this yeah. the people get upset when you talk about oh it's a simple offense or even things like high school offense and you kind of hear that that stuff thrown out there But simplicity was the goal that they were going for. They wanted to simplify things. The thing is, that doesn't necessarily mean it's all bad and it's all horrible in the same way that having an extremely complex offense doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. If you can't execute it and you can't get your guys to figure out what they're supposed to be doing, think about how many skill players have been chewed up and spit out in Josh McDaniel's system that probably could have been more useful if you had just kind of chilled out a little bit, right? But again, like what like what he's saying, if you're gonna be simple, that can be fine. You could be six plays like Nova Kane, give it time, it always works. If you're always executing them the way that you should. And and if the concepts are good. And the thing is that, that I, I found interesting in that video is that he didn't hate the concepts from, from top to bottom. He's like, Yeah, they're doing some, you know, decent stuff or or and things that make sense, but you've got guys running in, in the same vicinity all the time. You've got, you've got receivers not using their leverage properly, running into defenders and allowing themselves to get covered. You've got offensive linemen cut blocking for no reason. You have play designs that involve receivers you're know, doing, like, two ins on the same side, and they're, they're just, like, walking right behind each other. They can be covered with one guy. And it's like, why does this stuff continue to happen? If you're going to call these kinds of plays – Fine. For three quarters, it wasn't that bad. They I mean, look, the touchdown that they did to Nelson Aguilar, that wasn't some amazing, oh my goodness, revolutionary concept from Matt Patricia. It was three verts. And Matt and, and Mac Jones just made the right decision. They opened up the Red Sea for him down the middle of the field and he just threw the ball. It wasn't rocket science. But again, when you get into crunch time and your your execution has to be heightened. And you need to come up with something. Look, okay. I know that this play can work. The Patriots don't have
1: those plays; they don't have them. And is that on Matt's coaching? In the is that coach him and Joe Judge? Is it Troy Brown, the receivers coach? Like, is it just guys not listening? Do you think they're getting the message, or is it because it's an inexperienced coach who's not used to teaching these concepts and is probably learning them on the fly by himself, and now I, being asked to teach them to offensive players during the year? I mean, I feel like that part. Feels like it, it, it's, it's impossible. It, it's borne
0: out, yeah. Like the in, the in, coaching experience. I mean, you think about the fact they started off this year not using motion at the snap. <laughs> okay, li, li, little things like that. No, no. Like, they
1: started like, the year telling us they were going to the the, the San Francisco blocking scheme. Yeah, and it, trying to change things up and look like the San Fran offense.
0: And 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 they and they couldn't do that. So they so they started switching things up a little bit. And and they they weren't able to. You know, figure out how to use mo, and then all of a sudden, okay, well, they're using they're using motion now more than they used to. Or little things like mid-game. I think this was against the Colts. Mid-game, they were like, oh, man, this whole thing where we're sending three and four verts down the field and Mac Jones is getting sacked all the time. Maybe we should stop just doing that the whole time and throw in some crossers maybe. They had to adjust to that. Yeah. That should be 101. You shouldn't have to be like, oh, man, maybe we should do that. That, that should be part of uh, every
1: time. You know what I mean? Do you think Matt Patricia can get better at his job? Bring it up because Charlie Weiss was asked today. I, we played it earlier, but Charlie Weiss was asked today, basically, does he think that Bill is going to you know make try to make a move after the season? I think everyone thinks and wants a real offensive coordinator. And Charlie was like, no, Bill likes his own guys, unless it's Bill O'Brien, probably Matt Patricia to stay. Can Patricia get better at this? Or is this a one-and-done, you-better-go-get-yourself Bill O'Brien, Frank Reich, veteran play caller, to make this thing work for Mac year Three,
0: the answer is yes. He can get better at it, and he's gotten marginally better throughout the season. Like like I said, there are things that, that they have adjusted, and and they've started to do a little bit better. But yeah, in terms of of play design, and so his, his inexperience is clear. Now, I do think that. The idea of hiring a guy from the outside, I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Bill Belichick wants to deal with that. He wants guys well, just stubborn,
1: Bob. I agree well, with yeah, you, I but mean, it's also stubborn. Like, yeah, of course it is. His big line is, does. do what's best for the football team. And in this case, what's best for the football team is a veteran play caller who can speak Mac's language instead of Mac having to go along at a different speed because the coach is trying to figure it out. And, so I'm with you, but it's dumb.
0: It's dumb. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think that... You know, if you want to go the other route, right, and just say like, okay, say they promote from within, then I think it it should be Nick Cayley time. And you could say maybe it should have been Nick Cayley time from the beginning, because again, he's been in this system, been in this offense for I mean, all iterations of it for however many years now. I think that he's a guy who probably does understand play design, and he probably could have a better plan for how you involve your tight ends and get more out of them for how you've been than, than what you've been doing. You would hope so, as the tight ends yeah. coach. But, but again, think things like that. I, you know, he's not. He, a defensive coach by training where you have to learn about how to, to stress offenses in in, or stress defenses in certain ways. It's like, I, I feel like he probably just has more background in that. And the reason that they did what they did this year was, Market inefficiency, like like what we talked about before, market inefficiency, where it's like, oh yeah, well we got Matt Patricia on the cheap, might as well make him the play caller because Detroit's going to be playing for it as long as we don't call him the offensive coordinator.
1: So what about next year though, when they have to pay him? That's the this is the last year they're going to pay him like a coordinator. Or is Matt going to go on to get? I don't him know on that they take a hometown I, discount.
0: I, I'm not I'm not sure they can do that. I, I've heard some people say that like you know then then maybe the the deal with Detroit gets. Gets messed up if, if really? they if they uh, make him an offensive coordinator. I gotta look into that. So don't don't quote me huh. on on everything. But but the thing is like no, I wouldn't pay Matt Patricia as an offensive <laughs> coordinator. No way. <laughs> like look, if you want to keep him around, keep him around in his senior football advisor capacity, and then have have Nick Cayley do it, and and have him be like, okay, look, you you've seen what it takes from Josh McDaniels, you've seen what it takes for Matt Patricia. You see this new um sort of way that we're doing things like okay, what's your take on it? How would you build on it? To me, that's what I would do because I just don't see the benefit or the upside of having Matt Patricia do this. Okay, because I feel like you you've seen by now that okay, yeah, there's a transition year. We're going to lay the groundwork for, you know, this this new system we're we're going to do and you're messing with your quarterback, man. You're messing with your quarterback. And you could say that it might mess with your quarterback one way, like if you change it, because as Charlie Weiss mentioned, and this is something I've been harping on, no matter what they did this year, it was never gonna be, oh yeah, we're just gonna do everything the way Josh McDaniels would have done it. Because that's just not how this works. It was gonna be a new voice with new ideas. You know, yeah. even even looking at Josh McDaniels' playbook, it was never gonna be exactly the same. But I would have rather had somebody who at least has an idea that okay, yeah, you should use pre snap motion all the time especially if you don't have great personnel that you're just going to line up and be like, they're just going to beat you every single time.